there's a branch of churches that all converged uh, into one for their uh, conference, their summer conference. Over there, summer is winter, so it was nice and cool. Uh, and it was not humid at all. It was so dry. As a matter of fact, my lips were so chapped. I was bumming chapstick off of Tiffany the entire time. Um, it was great. We had a good time. Um, we, we ministered just to kind of share some of the things that we did. And there was a team. Uh, my mom actually headed up the, the trip. And uh, there was a team, uh, Mara Marchant from the church went as well. And then a couple other ladies uh, from, that are affiliated with the church but don't actually go here. They're in different cities. And we had a good time. They had their first annual In Power conference, which is a conference we have annually. Uh, and they decided, hey, we like that. We're going to do it too. And so our team were the guests uh, speaking and teaching at the Empower conference. Uh, we took turns and shared on all sorts of different things from giving uh, to, um, you know, how to live the Christian life. I did a session on with the young people about how to make good decisions. Um, we had question and answer time where they asked very normal questions just like all of you would ask. Um, and it was good. We were translated into Zulu, which was different for me. We were actually the church. Uh, what Pastor Thomas does is um, you, I don't know how much you know about apartheid that was in South Africa, but, but from, um, I believe it was in the early 60s through the early to mid-90s, um, the black people in South Africa were literally apart from the white people, and they were exported into these communities. And so uh, they were called townships, and so those townships still exist. Now, now apartheid is over. It's been over for over 20 years, but obviously it takes a while to get over some of the stuff that's happened, both emotionally and the relationship with each other, but also economically. You can't just pack your bags and move into a nice neighborhood, can you? You have to get the education that provides the job, that provides the income to move. And so a lot of people are still stuck in those townships. And so uh, that's where we were ministering is he's planted seven churches in area townships. One's not even a township. It's just a squatter's area where the government allows people to build their own rickety sheds and live there. It was pretty devastating, the amount of poverty that was there. But we never felt any ill will from anyone. Um, they were just so welcoming, and you know, you forget. We we look at our news in the United States. We're like, "What is wrong with us?" I mean, <laughs> what is wrong with this country? And you go over there, and they're like, "Wow, the United States, how cool!" And it's just so neat uh, that 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 even our nationality gave us um, a platform. Uh, among the South African people, and um, we we went there. We got we, people got healed, people got delivered. It was awesome. It was really great. And then um, we the last uh, after the ministry time, we spent several days there ministering. And then after we got to go on a safari and and see the the wild animals and stuff, we didn't see any cats, tigers, lions, anything like that. Unfortunately, although part of our group did. The rest of us went up in a hot air balloon, and it was really cool to see giraffes from far away. So it was a really cool experience. Just so you know, one of the things that happened is that my mom uh, writes ordination curriculum, essentially, through her uh, aims, anointed to minister, empowered to succeed, ministry. And so they did that over there, and we ordained and prayed for 10 new ministers. Um, and, And it was awesome. Yeah, it was really cool. And this ordination service, you know, mom gave the keynote speech and everyone was all dressed up. I had to wear a tie. It was very uncomfortable. And um, 
and but we prayed for each one and the praise team started and then like a huge dance party broke out like i am not joking like it was awesome everyone was dancing and jumping around and worshiping god and so happy it was we were just like wait what what like you totally would have been kicked out of the central graduation ceremonies if you were doing what they were doing i mean you know it was it was uh <laughs> it was something else so but if you have any questions, we put pictures on Tiffany's Facebook page. Uh, there's a whole bunch of pictures, and uh, we've been sharing with different people. I will tell you this before I get to the message. Uh, so I go there, and I had the Sunday morning you know, big sermon or whatever, which I was excited about. I talked about our strategy of growing up, growing deep, reaching, and reaching out. And, um, and so I asked the pastor, though, I was like, so about how long should I go for your Sunday morning service? And he goes, you are the man of God. We don't tell you how long to preach. We stay until you're done. I'm like, you need to come to my church and tell them that. And I said, okay, let me rephrase. How long do you normally go? What are they used to? And he goes, hour and a half, two hours. I'm like, I like to talk, but that's a stretch for me. (laughs) So uh, it was fun. I actually preached for an hour. Uh, And then we had an additional about 30 minutes of ministry where we just laid hands on people and just ministered to them. It was awesome. It was great. But I promise I will not preach for an hour and a half or two hours. Um, We're going to be out of here on time is my goal. So uh, we are continuing our series called Christianese. Now, Christianese is the series for this summer. So all in June and July, we're going to be continuing this whole series. And, and Christianese is defined as the insider language of the Christian faith. It's the insider language of the Christian faith. Many times we'll use words or phrases um, that, are, uh, that make sense to us because we go to church and we're Christians, right? But those words and phrases don't make sense to anyone who's uninitiated or not a part of our inner circle. We don't want to be like that. Right? We don't want to have insider language. and It's normal. I mean, in your job, whether you're a nurse or an accountant or a garbage collector, whatever you do, there are phrases that you use for your specific um, career that makes sense only in that particular career. And, you know, before I was in full-time ministry, my job, we had all, all sorts of acronyms and phrases that we would use that made total sense to us, but everyone else, it didn't make any sense. And so that's what this Christianese is. We use these words and phrases that that they mean certain things to us, but they don't make sense to people outside of our faith. There's nothing wrong necessarily with these phrases. We just need to make sure that they get defined, right? And so this morning, the phrase we're going to look at is bearing fruit, Bearing fruit, which we don't really use the word bear much. Maybe producing fruit is how we would say it. And the idea, we were used to plants and trees and bushes maybe producing fruit or maybe blooms or even, you know, pine cones, uh, if it's a pine tree. We're used to that. But we don't really mention that when it comes to people. We don't talk about bearing fruit. I was messing with Eva on the way to church this morning. They often ask me what I'm sharing on. Well, we're talking about bearing fruit. And I said, you know, we all bear fruit. And then I started picking imaginary fruit off of her and eating it. And I I thought it was funny. She was a little weirded out. Um, And rightly so now that I think about it. Um, 
But, but we, what does it mean to bear fruit? I mean, we see this in Scripture. What does it mean? Well, here's what it means. Just like a plant or tree produces fruit, our words and actions are the result of our inner life being worked outward for all to see and experience. So your inner life is, is being manifest outward through your words and your actions And everyone sees it and experiences just like we can see and interact with the fruit from a tree. Does that make sense? So we are bearing fruit just like a a tree would bear fruit. So I'm gonna we're gonna talk about how to bear fruit because I hate it when someone tells you that you need to do something without telling you how to do it. Right? That drives me crazy. So we're gonna talk about that. But before we do, I want to let you know about this fruit bearing that we are supposed to be doing. And we're gonna look at scripture for the sake of time. Some of them we're just gonna kind of acknowledge, others we're gonna turn to and actually read. So I want to let you know a couple things about bearing fruit. And here's the first one, and it seems really, really obvious, but we don't always act like it. It's this that you are bearing fruit. You are bearing fruit. You may feel like you're in a fruitless season, but Scripture says that we are, through our actions and words, whatever's inside of us is in fact coming outside, and people are experiencing it whether you want them to or not. You are bearing fruit. As a matter of fact, Galatians chapter 5, if you'll turn there, it, it talks about and it compares the fruit of the flesh and the fruit of the Spirit. And you are growing either flesh fruit or spirit fruit, according to Scripture. And when we read this passage, as you turn there, I'll be in the New Living Translation, um, you you need to understand that this is one of Paul, the Apostle Paul wrote this. It's one of his sin lists, all right? And he's listing a bunch of sins when it comes to fruit of the flesh. This is not an exhaustive list, though, okay? And so we, we may not be doing gross, sinful things, but we may still be bearing flesh fruit. Are you with me? Okay? So let's look at this. It's Galatians five, nineteen through 23. It says, when you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results or the fruit is very clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry. Now, you probably all could have guessed those up to this point, right? I mean, that's like the typical, okay, I know, all this is wrong. Sorcery, isn't that interesting? Sorcery. Anyone practicing the magic arts? Here's, here's what's funny here, though. In the Greek, the word is pharmakia, which sounds like pharmacy, which, where we get drug use. See, drugs, alcohol, any sort of substance, first of all, it's a work of the flesh. Well, the devil made me do it. No, you chose to do it. The devil may have influenced you. You may have had uh, thoughts that, that were from you know, unclean spirits or something. But in the end, it is a work of the flesh. Now, here's what happens with this pharmakia. Um, it, it, when you use a substance for fleshly reasons, it does open you up to sorcery, to the occult, to the spirit world. Why? Because you no longer have your wits about you. You no longer can say no. See, we were called to take our thoughts captive, right, to the obedience of Christ. But when your mind ain't working right because it's pickled in alcohol, 
You can't take those thoughts captive. Are you with, does that make sense? So even though it's a work of the flesh, drugs and the occult go hand in hand. And it leads from a work of the flesh into a spiritual disease. All right, all those everyone could have guessed. Here's where we get into the ones that kind of hurt a little bit. Hostility. You ever been hostile towards someone? Quarreling. You ever fought with someone? Jealousy. You ever wanted something someone else had? Outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, which um, division is the, it's, uh, it means politics essentially, um, being political, political factions. It's a work of the flesh. Envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. In other words, I don't have time to list all of them, okay? Let me tell you again, as I have before, anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. Now, we spoke about this in our Red Flag series not too long ago about your inheritance. There's a red flag. You've got inheritance. God has laid up an inheritance for you. He wants you to receive it, but there's a certain way you have to go about receiving your inheritance. You have to be a part of a certain family to get that family's inheritance, right? And so that's what this is saying. So those are the fruits of the flesh. But, verse 22, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience. Oh, that's one. Oh, patience. Goodness. Lord, I need that. But I don't really want to have to use it. Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. So these are examples. I don't believe this is an exhaustive list either. These are examples, both the fruit of the flesh and the fruit of the spirit. You are growing fruit. You are growing fruit, okay? And, and you've, you've got to acknowledge this before we can go any further. According to scripture, you're bearing fruit to the flesh or fruit to the spirit. Now, here's the next thing that we need to look at is that the type of tree that you are determines the type of fruit that you bear. The type of tree that you are determines the type of fruit that you bear. Let's turn to Matthew chapter 7, 15 through 20. Again, I'm going to be in the New Living Translation. Now, this is important because we want to give ourselves a pass sometimes. We want to keep bearing uh, apples and say that we're orange trees, right? We want to say, hey, I'm an orange tree, man. I got the t-shirt, but apples are popping off everywhere. And so we don't need to kid ourselves. The type of tree that you are is the type of fruit that you will produce. And this is what Jesus says in Matthew chapter 7. He's specifically talking about false prophets. He goes, beware of false prophets who come disguised as harmless sheep. They say they're a sheep tree, but they're a wolf tree. Okay? You can identify them, verse 16, you can identify them by their fruit. That is, by the way they act. Can you pick grapes from thorn bushes? No, where do you pick grapes? Grapevines, right? Or figs from thistles? No, of course not. Verse 17, a good tree produces good fruit and a bad tree produces bad fruit. A good tree can't produce bad fruit and a bad tree cannot produce good fruit. So every tree that does not produce good fruit is chopped down and thrown into the fire. Verse 20, yes, just as you can identify a tree by its fruit, so you can identify people by their actions we got to get honest with ourselves. Now, this is not to heap judgment or condemnation on you. Look, everyone messes up, right? Everyone sins. First John says, if you say that you have no sin in you, you're a liar. Okay? So this is not about denying and putting on a facade, a religious, and, oh, I'm 
holy all the time. No, you're not. You're not. Neither am I. All right? That's not, the gospel message is not, God has given you the ability to act like you're someone you're not. No. The gospel message, that was my game show voice right there. Jesus loves you. Your turn to spin the wheel. Here's, <laughs> here's what the gospel message is, is that even while you were still a sinner, Christ died for you. Even in your brokenness, Christ died for you. Even while you're working through your sin tendencies and and living with the results of your mistakes, Christ died for you, he loves you, and he's got good things for you. So it's not a denial of who you are. It's an upgrade to who he is. Amen? I started preaching, I forgot where I was. Okay, so we're talking about trees. So just like the fruit from a plant or tree tells us what kind of tree it is. The fruit we give off shows what kind of person we are as well. Now, it's interesting. In the New Living Translation, it's different than the King James. New, New Living says, it's, 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 really, it's very simplified. It says, a good tree produces good fruit and a bad tree produces bad fruit. So that's actually not the best interpretation. The King James gets this one right. There are actually two different words for good and two different words for bad. If you go to the Greek, okay? And so it's not a uh, blank tree produces blank fruit, and those are the same words. It's actually different words each time. So let me show you what they are. The first one, a good tree produces good fruit. We could just as easily translate the word good here as a healthy tree produces pleasant fruit, good-looking fruit, fruit that you're going to want to eat. So, does that make sense? So it's about health. Now, I've been, me and the Lord, we've been on this kick where I'm asking the Lord, he's talking to me about it, about building healthy people. By the way, that's what I want for you. My job as the shepherd of this house is to, is to produce and help you produce healthy fruit in your life. I want a healthy church. Now, many times ministers look to attendance numbers, and we count attendance numbers because it is a measure of health, but it's not the measure of health. Uh, we do, I don't know the, the ins and outs of who gives here. I don't know how much you give. I don't look at that stuff. That's what Cynthia does. But I do look at the bottom line to see if, if people are giving. Giving is a measure of health. It's not the measure of health. And if we get focused on giving, then, you know, there's a problem. If we get focused on attendance only, there's a problem. Behavioral change. Right? You should, if you come in contact with Jesus, it should affect how you live, right? That just makes sense. You come in contact with a mosquito and it affects your life. So surely coming in contact with God affects your life. And, and, and so, but, but behavioral change is not the measure of growth. Because that can be faked. I want healthy Christians. It, it, instead of focusing on getting you guys, I need you here every Sunday. Instead of that. Instead of, you need to give because God will bless you. He will. That's true, but it's not even that. You need to change so that people will know that you're a Christian. It's true, but that's not that. All of those things are symptoms of an inward healthy heart. So I want to work on the healthy heart. I want to work on the inward part so it will come outward and you will bear fruit that represents on the outside who you are on the inside. So a healthy tree produces pleasant fruit. A bad tree produces bad fruit. You could say a corrupt tree or a rotten tree. A tree that has been affected by outside influence produces bad. That word, it means evil is how it's said in the King James. And it means full of trouble. 
If you allow your tree, your spiritual life, to be affected by outside corrupting influence, you're going to have trouble. It's just how it works. So the type of tree you are determines the type of fruit you bear. Look, work on your tree and the fruit will follow. Do you have a, a sin issue that you're always going back to? We all do. We all have certain tendencies. Here's the deal. Work on your tree. That sin is just a symptom of corruption in your life. Get the corruption out. Work on your relationship with the Lord and the fruit, the good fruit, will be uh, bearing instead of the bad fruit. Amen? Here's the next one. We're going to kind of blow through these real quick. You are called to tend to your own fruit production. You are called to tend to your own fruit production. Philippians 2.12 says, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Work out. Does it say work at your salvation? Okay, you're no good at saving yourself. Don't work at it. You, <laughs> you work out your salvation. What God has done on the inside is your job to get on the outside. And you have to tend to your own fruit production. Now, here's what happens. Um, is that harsh seasons can affect your fruit production, Right? Just, just like in the natural, if it's unseasonably cold winter, many times we won't have the fruit production we want. Other times, is, is there's a big crop of locusts or, 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 or fruit flies or, or, or these different insects that can harm fruit, right? And so farmers are always trying to figure out how to increase the yield of their crop in light of, of these different things that can hurt. It's the same for us. Sometimes you go through a harsh season, things are difficult. I mean, Miss Vicky just shared about the, the passing of her husband. I mean, that's about as big as it gets. And, and there may be seasons where it affects your fruit output. But if an apple tree doesn't bear apples because it was too cold that season, is it still an apple tree? It is. It just needs help. It just needs help. And, and if the apple tree is under attack by the demonic, by the unseen spiritual world, by these locusts and, and stuff like that, is it still an apple tree? Absolutely, but it needs deliverance from those things. But you are called to tend to your own fruit production. We had a satsuma tree in our backyard. Have you ever heard of satsumas? It's like an orange clementine tangerine like that. It's a citrus fruit. And we were so excited because we, we would, you know, it would bear fruit uh, usually in October, November, December, that, that, that time. And we would go out there with a basket and fill it up. And those things were awesome. They're so sweet and juicy. And they didn't have many seeds, which was what re- was really cool about that. And so, but after about a year of living at the place where um, the tree was, uh, we noticed it only produced about half of the yield that it normally did. And then the next year, it was just a handful. And then the year after that, there were no more satsumas. We were sad because we really liked it. I didn't take the time to talk with anyone or figure out what was going on. I seemed a little too busy for it, I guess, at the time. After a while, we realized that a thorn bush had totally taken the thing over. By the time I got to it, it was too late. The thing has not produced fruit since. And I was, as the owner of the property where the satsuma tree sat, I was, it was my job to take care in the same way. You are the tree owner. You are the owner of your own spiritual life. It's up to you to tend and to steward the fruit production in your own life. Amen? Amen. Your fruit is not for you. It's meant to be eaten by others. Your fruit is not for you. Have you ever seen an apple tree just eat its own apple? 
If you do, you need to get off the drugs and you need to get off. Fruit, fruit is not for you. It's meant to be eaten by others. See, some Christians use their giftings and their callings for their own glory. They eat their own fruit. Some Christians don't think their fruit is meant to be eaten by others, and they're afraid, and so they hide it and essentially eat their own fruit. 1 Corinthians twelve seven, it says, A spiritual gift is given to each of us so that we can impress other people. No, it doesn't say that. Uh, so that we can... Post on Facebook how wonderful we are to the world? No, it doesn't say that. Spiritual gift is given to each of us so that we can help each other. So that we can help each other. So your fruit is meant to be eaten by others. And if you're not bearing fruit, it's not you who's being robbed. It's the world that you're robbing of their blessing. Look, if God speaks to you during one of the services here at VFC, go to Cynthia, come to me, go to an elder, go to an altar ministry team leader, and, and say, look, I may be crazy, but I feel like the Lord is saying X, Y, and Z. And, and just try it. Because here's the thing. If you... If you think in false humility, well, I'm not good enough to share this and blah, 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 then you are robbing people of your fruit. You're eating your own fruit. Don't do it. God has decided to partner with mankind, with us, to get the work of his ministry done. Don't stop it. Don't hinder him. Don't make him have to work around you. Let him work through you. Amen? All right, here's the next one. God intentionally made many different types of fruit for different reasons. Right? They taste different. They taste different on purpose. And, and here's the thing. Is, is we, we, uh, we're always looking at each other's fruit, and we're like, well, I'm, you know, I'm not a watermelon. Like I don't want to use anyone's name because watermelon's big. Um, I'm not... <laughs> I'm not, you know, this, I'm not that. I'm not sweet and tangy like a pineapple, right? I, I, I'm not uh, full of potassium like a, like a banana, right? Uh, I'm not this, I'm not that. Yes, but what are you? See, do, do you know what the most popular fruit in the world is? You want to know this? A mango. Worldwide mangoes, okay? You know what the most popular fruit in the United States is? You would think it would be apples. Recently, it was overtaken by bananas. By bananas, okay? And, so, and somehow the cranberries are getting in everything, too. They're just mixing in, you know, like cranberry grape. It's like cranberry by itself, everyone's like, no, nah, but put it in grape. And they're like, yeah. Cran meat. So we're going to have cran meatloaf soon. They're putting cranberries in everything. That's what they're doing. But different fruits taste unique and provide diverse benefits. If, if you've worked out and you're experiencing cramps in your legs, what should you eat? A banana because of the potassium, right? All right. But, but think about this. Poor tomatoes over there thinking, no one realizes I'm a fruit. And I don't taste sweet. Right? But, you know, we use tomatoes. I think that's like the third most used fruit. Think about it. Ketchup. Spaghetti sauce. You know, you put a slice of tomato on your burger, that's good stuff. You don't want to put a slice of watermelon on your burger. But, the, but you could easily say, I'm just a tomato, I'm not sweet like the others. Yeah, but man, we've got to use you too. What about a lemon? You don't just bite into a lemon. Maybe some of you do, that's weird. But if you do, <laughs> go get your teeth checked and then realize that lemon, have you ever squirted lemon on like, like a filet of salmon or something? I'm getting hungry, this is bad. 
But it's, it's, it's good. I mean, you don't want to bite into it like you, but you don't want to squirt pineapple in your sweet tea, but you squirt lemon in your tea and it's awesome. So don't think that just because you don't look or taste or have the same function as someone else that you're not important. You are important and your giftings are unique to you and don't decide for God how he's going to use you. Let him use you in the way he created you, okay? 1 Corinthians 12, 4 through 6 says, There are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but the same spirit is the source of them all. There are different kinds of service, but we serve the same Lord. God works in different ways, but it's the same God who does the work in all of us. Look, it's that way by design. Well, I can't sing like Blake. Good, because he's already singing. I can't administer like Cynthia. Well, okay. Well, you can do something else. What can you do? Right? So don't, don't, com- don't compare your fruit. Just grow the right fruit. Work on your tree. Grow the right fruit. Amen? Here's something else you need to know. God bought your fruit. <laughs> God bought your fruit. You ever going through the grocery store and you're like thumping? I can't, I don't know. I see some people who are like, you know, Native Americans, like thumping, like listening. Well, there was a 550 megahertz response, and so this is perfectly ripe right now. I'm like, what? Just put it in the basket, okay? God went through the grocery store of the earth and picked you. He picked your fruit. He bought your fruit. So what Scripture says in John 15, 16, he says, You didn't choose me. I chose you, and I appointed you to go and produce lasting fruit. God bought you so that you would produce fruit. See, we don't work to get saved. We work because we are saved. God, God created you for good works, which he decided beforehand. And he has bought your fruit. And he's wanting you to feed the hungry people with what you got inside of you. Amen? Here's the, here's the last thing I want you to know, and then we're going to quickly talk about how to bear more fruit. Fruit has seeds, so more fruit can go grow. Fruit has seeds... So more fruit can grow. And this is, what, this is how God, God is so smart. It's like he's God or something. In 2 Corinthians 1, he talks about the Holy Spirit being the comforter. He says, the God of all comfort can comfort you, and it doesn't end there. The God of all comfort can comfort you so that you might be able to comfort others. See, he does a work in your life, which is like planting seeds that grow fruit so that you can do a work in someone else's life, and then that grows seeds in their life, and then they can do the same work in someone else's life. Isn't that awesome? So there's, there's this, like, this um, uh, duplication, this multiplication that happens when we let God grow his fruit in our lives. It's a good thing. It's a good thing. So how do you bear fruit? What's the key? It's actually really, really simple. I'm going to give you two things. And here's the first one. Stay attached to the source. Stay attached to the source. John chapter 15. And if I can give you homework, read John chapter 15 this week, okay? It's, it's all Jesus talking. He's talking to his disciples. It's a very intimate chapter about how he perceives his relationship with the Father. It's really good. It's, it's a little kind of talking in circles, so you might want to get an easy translation to understand. But, but he says in John 15, 4 through 5, he says this. I am the vine. He's talking to his disciples. You are the branches. Those who remain in me. Actually, let me start at verse 4. Remain in me and I will remain in you. And that word means abide. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it's severed from the vine, and you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. There's the key. That's the key to growing fruit, spiritual fruit. Verse 5, yes, I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. 
but apart from me, you can do nothing. If you saw a branch of an apple tree on the ground, would you expect to see, would you expect for it to grow apples in the next few months? No. Why? It's not attached to the source. In the same way, only if you are attached to the source, and the source is Jesus, he leads us to the root system of God the Father. Only to the degree that you stay attached to the source of Jesus will you bear fruit. Otherwise, you're like that branch that's all by itself, off by, and you're sitting there trying to, trying to grow fruit. You stay attached to the source and you will grow fruit. It's not something you have to make happen. Okay? Stay attached to the source. I love Acts chapter 4. Peter and John uh, were put in front of a, a religious group that were mad at them for preaching the gospel. And they said, what do you have to say for yourselves? And they just give this amazingly compelling answer. And scripture says something so interesting. It says, the people on the, on the council recognized they were ordinary men with no special training in scripture, but they realized they had been with Jesus. Like, you may not have special training. You may not have even graduated high school. You may have three PhDs. Those things are whatever. It doesn't matter because God can use you either way. Spend time with Jesus. That's why I want, you know, I don't want people to look at me and say, well, you know, Jamie, I tell you, he's X, Y. If they've got to say anything about me, I want them to say, you know, Jamie, he's quirky. But I'm, I can tell he's been with Jesus. That's the greatest compliment anyone could give me. Because that's the source. That's the source of anything and everything positive I could ever do in this world. Stay attached to the source. Work on your relationship with Jesus. What does that look like? It looks like you're going to have to change some things. You're going to, you know, if, if you wanted to spend time with me, you would need to contact me either through phone or email, set up an appointment, right? And then maybe we can go get some coffee or something. And you would have to change your day. You'd have to rearrange your schedule, so that you can meet with me, right? Well, here's the good news. God is everywhere all the time. But you still have to engage him. You still have to, you can't meet with me at Grassroots Coffee and go have lunch with someone else at the same time. You can't be two places at once. So you've got to, you've got to set aside time to spend with Jesus. It's, it's got to affect, if it doesn't affect your schedule, then you're not doing it. You've got to stay attached to the source. Here's the last thing, and this one hurts. Embrace pruning. Embrace pruning. John chapter 15, uh, verse 2. Let me turn there really quickly. So the beginning, again, is the same John chapter 15 chapter. And Jesus says this. Uh, it says, The Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit, and he prunes the branches that do bear fruit so that they will produce even more. See, sometimes God cuts back what's going on in your life so that you can produce good fruit. Now, I'm not talking about car wrecks and cancer here, okay? I'm not talking about that. That's, that's not pruning. That's attack from the enemy. But what I am talking about is many times God will prune uh, even if you're fruitful, and we're thinking, but God, I'm giving. But God, I pray. But God, I have my devotional. And still this happens. He's like, look, look, don't. I'm just pruning. Why? Because you're not bearing fruit? No, because you are bearing fruit, and I think you can bear even more. 
And so, and so he's, he's pruning, he's cutting back those dead and dry areas of the branch. He's not lopping off the whole branch for you. You're bearing fruit. But he's cutting back a little bit and saying, look, I'm going to send you in a different direction. I'm going to have you grow a, a slightly different type of fruit here. He's pruning us. And we've got to embrace it. And sometimes it's annoying. <laughs> sometimes it doesn't feel good. But God loves you so much. He knows what he's doing. He wants to prune you so that you'll produce even more. Amen? Here's my final question for you. is What kind of fruit are you bearing? I mean, you may say what kind of tree you are, but we know the tree by the fruit. What kind of fruit are you bearing? Come on, be honest. Let's stand to our feet for prayer. I'm going to call the altar ministry team up. They're going to be on the left-hand side of the stage up up here and I just encourage you don't leave this morning we've got plenty of time before the next service starts okay and they can wait out there and eat some of the food they have okay